Hello and welcome to Ella Gover the podcast. As always, I'm your host Abdullah, and with me today is introduce yourself, good sir. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Ben Balmaceda. I am a voice actor based in Dallas, uh, Texas, uh, and I voice in a lot of anime. <laughs> and what are some of your most uh, well-known roles? Um. My most well-known roles, I would say, are Neku Sakuraba from The World Ends With You, the animation. Uh, I am Yui in Kemono Jihen, uh, Moriyama in Mars Red, uh, and um, Teruo Hazukashi in My Hero Academia, uh, as well as um, Surma in Attack on Titan. Um, you know, those last two are only in those shows for one scene and they get like a grand total of like five lines. But, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty fond of them either way. Uh, and yeah, I'm also in indie games like Project Wingman as Diplomat uh, and yeah, some some other stuff. <laughs> so how did you get started? Uh, so I got my start doing just uh, random stuff on the Internet like most people do uh, back when I was like 16. Uh, I had like this crappy SingStar mic that I would, you know, just put in a cup and then just have that, like, be the the holder for my mic. And, you know, I'd go on different, like, forums and just do, you know, fan dubs of games that I really liked and all that jazz. And, uh, you know, eventually I booked my first game ever, which was Vector Thrust. Um, it's like a now at this point, it feels like it's an ancient, like, flight combat game. Um, but then, uh, little by little, you know, I started to do more and more stuff until eventually I moved to the U S uh, started doing some classes with some people, eventually got called into Funimation to do some bits. Uh, and then it just kept growing and growing and growing until I got some, got some characters under my belt. And now, uh, here I am. And what made you want to get into anime? Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of anime despite the fact that i constantly you know make fun of people for liking anime uh you know i my first uh the first anime i ever watched was uh was good old full metal alchemist and you know i've always been fascinated by it um but uh it's it's always been i'm i'm i personally watch all my anime subbed uh i i usually don't watch dubs um uh but the dubs that i have watched i've watched you know classics like dragon ball z and uh case closed and all that and i've always i've always been fascinated by how it all works and i've always thought it would be really cool to just be on a show and be able to yell you know attack names and all that sorts of cool stuff so uh yeah like i i saw a workshop for anime auditioning and i just hopped onto it and uh you know, one thing led to the other and now here I am. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I have started watching dubs more now that I'm in them just so I can like, uh, you know, steal ideas that work from other people and, and incorporate them into my own acting. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a journey, an interesting journey. <laughs> and what are some of your favorite animes? Oh, that's a tough question. Like any any kind of like, what's your favorite blank question? Like I always have like 20 <laughs> answers for it. Uh, so I'll try and give like my top three, I guess, uh, for this year. Um, actually, no, I'll give my top three in general. Uh, probably Gurren Lagann is at the top of my list. I'm a huge fan of just like shows that are, um, that throw away logic for the sake of just having something that's super cool. Um, and Gurren Lagann is like fueled by that. It's it's so much fun, and I love it to bits. Um, but you know, Full Metal Alchemist, since it was 
uh, one of my first shows ever. It's it's got a it's got a it's got a, a soft spot in my heart uh, and brotherhood more so. Um, lately, this is a bit of a biased uh, answer because I did work on the show as a production assistant. But Akudama Drive um, is uh, super super good, fantastic. I watched all of the sub and then all all of the dub. It was. Uh, it was so much fun to work on, and it was so much fun to watch because it's just this, this like cyberpunk heist movie, and everyone does such a good job, and it's got some of like my favorite like scenes in any dub ever, and I'm just, uh, I'm just so it makes me so happy. And uh, anybody who's listening, go watch it; it's really good. Um, but yeah, I also, um, hmm. It was a, a comedy anime that I really like. Oh, Cromartie High School. That's another one that I really enjoy. Um, and that one, I only watch the dub because it's the only way to go. Uh, but yeah. Oh, Cromartie High. Was that the one with uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury? As the... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good, good, good taste, man. Uh, my, buddy, uh, my buddy Ben Pronsky was the lead in that. So. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was. Yeah. <sighs> no, that shows it's 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 totally off the wall and crazy, but I just love it. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. That that is that is that is the correct answer. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh god, he's not gonna say. Because my problem when you ask people what are your favorite anime, they just say the big three, like Naruto or Dragon Ball or One Piece, yeah. and I'm just like. Eh. <laughs> Well, I, I'm also a big One Piece fan. I'm gonna like. I'm just gonna get that out of the way. Like, I do really like it, but you know, there are other shows that definitely deserve a lot of people's love more. And I, I do like those those more like you know shows that people don't really pay that much attention to, like Akudama Drive. Uh, although we did, uh, th- there was a lot of of attention on it, and hopefully, you know, enough people will watch it so Toonami can pick it up because that would be an amazing show for Toonami. But yeah, I, I just, I just, I love more underground stuff, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of miss the days when you went to the video store and found like the most weird, weirdest titles, and you had no idea <laughs> what these were, but you're just like, yeah, this could be interesting. Uh, Giver, what, what is this? Is it, is, it a, is, it, is it a superhero thing? And then you just watch it, and you're mortified because you're way too young and you shouldn't be watching people getting decapitated <laughs> no yeah I, I definitely had an experience with that growing up like i think my brother brought like a dvd for a show called uh, uh tenjo tenge or something um and it was like this old like battle action anime but it had so much fan service and like i gotta tell you like 14 year old ben he definitely shouldn't have been exposed to any of that show <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was, it was all fun still. <laughs> no, I, I actually had, uh, you know, speaking of like awkward anime viewing experiences, I remember, um, my cousin came, came, uh, home one day and we were just hanging out and we were, we had like nothing to do. And he's like, you know, do you have anything to watch? Cause it's like, we got nothing to do. It's a slow day, whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, let's just watch Panty and Stocking. <laughs> and he was mortified <laughs> during the transformation sequences. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot in that show that's like, oh man, you probably should watch this by yourself and not with other people around. <laughs> I'll never forget. He turned around to me and said, "Is this a porno?" You... <laughs> now 
that's a, that's another great show though like the action in that show is fantastic and it's it's such a such a funny show it's really really good i think that was the last gynax anime that was um that got released if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah it i think it was and that's when uh that's when that team uh you know splintered off and formed trigger from from uh if memory serves right and you know i love all the trigger shows let me put that in my favorites too like uh you know kill the kill and um um uh, space patrol luluco uh and everything else i loved premiere when i when i watched it uh, subbed and dubbed and it was uh, fantastic Oh, that was a great dub. <laughs> but then again, like... Oh, yeah, it was it was great. I, I really you, liked it. You look at the cast, and it's like, yeah, well, of course it's great. I mean, <laughs> you got, like, so many so many top-tier people in, from the industry, and, you know... I mean, Crispin Freeman can just, like... I, I'm convinced you can give that man the worst script imaginable, and he will make it sound amazing. <laughs> yeah, he'll still, he'll still make it sound totally badass. <laughs> <laughs> um... But I mean, it, you bring up an interesting point in that a lot of people who who work in you know anime dubbing don't watch anime dubs. And do you think it's because you know? Uh, do you think it's because uh, people don't like hearing themselves <laughs> in anime dubs, or oh, do you think it's because some of something else? For for sure, uh, for me at least, uh, when I was starting out, I hated hearing myself and stuff. I. Um, because to me, whenever I hear myself act, I don't like, you know, I'm not like getting into the, the mood of the show or anything like that. All I hear are like the mistakes or like the things I could have done differently or like, oh, I could have punched that word better. Oh, like that pause was so weird. Or like, oh, God, my voice cracked there. Like it just I, I get super self-critical with that all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other actors, you know, go through the same thing. Um, but, you know, I, I it's also like. Uh, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that show up in dubs nowadays, so it is kind of weird to like watch something and like have have like you know people I hang out with you know talking in these situations, and it's always a little unusual. But um, you know, I lately I've been getting better about that, and I've been watching more dubs and more stuff that I'm in, and I've been able to like enjoy you know my my performances, even if I still think that they could have been better. But it's 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 yeah, it's it's getting better for me, and hopefully it does get better for for other <laughs> dub actors. But also, I think people just um, love anime, and I guess a lot of them just want to you know enjoy anime in its purest form. Then that is you know with with the Japanese audio and English subtitles to 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 get to get exactly what what Japan's putting out, uh, at least in my opinion. And um, when when you first started out uh how did you find the dubbing process was it an easy was it something that you easily picked up or was was there a learning curve for you oh that was definitely a learning curve i i took a workshop uh with Brittany lauda uh she's fantastic i absolutely love her um and uh i uh that's when i first got my taste of adr and like you know being having to do the three beeps and then starting to to match the the mouth flaps of everything while keeping an eye on the script it was definitely challenging cuz i just didn't know where to look most of the time i was like do i focus on the video so i can make sure that i'm matching flaps or do i keep an eye on the script so i know what i'm saying um but uh over over the years as i've been doing this like i've just i just settled into like some like a like a process where um, 
uh, as as uh, normally what happens when you're dubbing anime, they'll preview the line in Japanese so you can see, you know, how how the Japanese actor is doing it, like what their what their inflections are, um, like what the general mood of the line is, and also to see the mouth flaps. But as I'm watching that preview, I'll like whisper to myself what the line is in English, so I can kind of preemptively see where everything fits. Um, and then once I come in for the line itself, that that's when uh, now that I'm like I'm sure I I know what the rhythm is, I can fully focus on the script and I can just say it, and like I know it'll fit because I already had that like that that preemptive you know, check to see if everything fits. So like, yeah, it, it starts off tough, but uh, definitely like as you, as you do it more, you, you get better at it and you learn techniques to make it easier. And uh, now uh, I, I not to toot my horn or anything, but I can usually just go into a session, you know, shoot off a bunch of lines and then be done way before I'm supposed to. <laughs> and what was the most challenging role you've ever had Oh, uh, definitely Yui from from Kemono Jihan. Um, so, uh, growing up, I always imagined that I, I I wasn't really cool. I was kind of a nerd. Um, so, like, I got uh, cast as this super cool, edgy. Like, he always talks like this, and it's like I never thought I could play a character like that and not have it sound just funny because it's just it's just how I am. Um, uh, so as as we were recording it, this was also with with Brittany Lotto. She was directing the show. Um, you know, she was constantly telling like 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 make it more like you don't have to project so much. Like make it more internal because I'd be like like I can't let you do this, and I have to change it to like I can't let you do this. And like the more I have to internalize things way more all the time, and it it felt like such a like it was such a struggle for me to get through some some lines because they were calling for something super like deep and, and low and cool and like calm. And like, it would, it, it took me so many tries to get that right. But once, once I did, it was, and like I, once I did and I watched like the episodes with Yui in them, uh, which are like the last three or four episodes of Kimono Jihen. Um, I was like, I can't believe that's me. Like that's, I'm doing all of those things. And it's, I sound, I sound cool. And it's, it was, uh, it was uh, a real eye opening experience. It's, it's me realizing that I, that I, that I could do characters like this. And right after like a couple of months after that, I ended up booking Neku who basically asks for the same thing. He's super edgy and, and like a lot more like down here all the time. So I feel like, you know, Yui was like me, my growing pains for edgy anime characters. And now, like, I feel like I can do them pretty confidently. <laughs> but those types of characters are tough to do because you have to make them sound believable and not come off as a parody of, of a stereotypical anime read. Exactly, exactly. And, and like, you also have to watch out for vocal fry. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, I... um. I, I constantly like in my mind as I was doing the Yui voice, I was like, I'm just doing Shadow the Hedgehog. And it, it it felt so like weird to me, like, you know, having to do that. But like unironically, one of the directions I got is like make him more like Shadow the Hedgehog. And I was like, Are you sure you want me to do that? But I did it and it sounded great. So I'm like, I'm just I'm just it's just I'm 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 building like anxieties for myself and like I I'm I've, it's it's just a it's just a weird you know brain thing but 
yeah, like it definitely is a tight, it's a, it's a, it's a tight rope to walk. Uh, excuse me. Um, uh, you know, making like one of those cooler, edgier sounding characters sound cool, but also believable is, is the main thing. Um, and, you know, thanks to Brittany's direction, uh, I definitely think I managed to hit that sweet spot with UE. And uh, I think I'm still kind of keeping something, something decent for, for Neku in uh, World Ends With You. And what was the most fun session you've had? <laughs> Oh, ah, uh, there's a there's a lot of those. <laughs> um, I think I want to say my uh, the session I did for my Hero Academia with with uh, with Hazukashi, because um, that was like my first like named role in like a big show, so I was super excited for it. I was uh, over the moon for it. Um, so in the end, that scene, he's like, he's he's, he's you know, an edgy sounding dude that's like giving his tragic backstory about how he he was just like a tool for a corporation and that he's going to end this. Um, but then, you know, he he's about to attack this office, but his power, his quirk is shame, which is like the more shame he feels, the stronger he gets. So uh, obviously the way to activate that is to just become a flasher. So I have to yell out meta human liberation as this dude is like nakedly running towards this office and I just yelled that out, and it, it was a lot of fun. Colleen Clinkenbeard, uh, the director, she was she was laughing. It was it was a great time, and like that was one of those moments that it's like God, I'm I'm just so happy that I get to do this as like a thing. Uh, it was great. Um, yeah, it was fun. But outside of that, like any battle scenes that I have in uh, World Ends with You, I love doing them because fight reacts are always fun. So those are those are definitely up there too. <laughs> I think you're the first guest I've had on here who has admitted that uh, that they've enjoyed fight reacts because uh... <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah they're they're tough like they can definitely be be super stressful on your voice and everything and like I feel that stress too but I just have so much fun doing it that I I just get carried away you know I I honestly can't imagine doing that for like an, an average session I I can't that 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 would just take a lot out of me honestly yeah it's 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 a lot but you know i we we do take breaks often like especially when the world ends with you uh, after like a long fight scene we'll usually break for 30 minutes and i can uh, drink some throat coat tea or you know honey and lemon or something something to ease the the throat before we jump right back into it um so it's it, they do take care of us as we're doing all that work which is which is always good it's not like the old days where people passed out from doing like Dragon Ball screams. And... Oh yeah, <laughs> no, like I, I mean, after doing after you know doing this and doing a bunch of you know Neku has to scream a ton in 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 Twelve for certain scenes. Um, after doing that, I totally understand like like why you know those stories exist, why people do pass out in the booth from screaming. Um, but you know things have gotten better since then, so I'm I'm grateful that I don't have to do that. <laughs> but but do you ever worry about going into a role that requires like something like that? Um, I I, I have had like moments like that, but um, uh, most of the time, uh, when you're auditioning for roles, uh, the if the if the director is good, if they're a good director, if they know what they're doing, they'll let you know like, hey, this role is going to be very vocal, vocally stressful. There's going to be a lot of screaming, a lot of fighting, and a lot of uh, you know, 
the that whole shebang. So usually people know that it's going to be stressful and like they know what they're getting into. Um, but I know some studios like pay extra for vocally stressful um, sessions, but I'm, I'm not sure funny does that. Um, but like, yeah, there have been moments where I have auditioned for characters that were vocally stressful. And I'm just like, you know what, if, if that happens, then uh, I'll just have to, you know, uh, play around that work around that. Like I would probably, you know, have to schedule shows. So it's like, Hey, after I do, this vocally stressful show, um, I would get at least 24 hours of vocal rest after it. Uh, so anything, you know, scheduling stuff around that concept would, would, uh, alleviate things, uh, greatly. Um, so yeah, but I, it's, it's, I'm very much a, a thrill seeker. I'm very, uh, I'm very reckless when it comes to this stuff. So I'm not the, I'm not the person to, uh, to really, to really follow on that front because <laughs> I don't take care of myself as well as I should be. <laughs> I mean, you do you at the end of the day, everyone has their own process. And if you feel like going in guns blazing is the way to go, then all, you know, who am I? To Heck say? Yeah. Like, who am I to tell you you're doing something wrong? Cause Hey, it's working. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm getting a ton of work and like, you know, something seems to be working, but like to all the listeners out there that do want to get into voice acting, please take care of your voice. <laughs> it's your instrument. You can't play without it. <laughs> no, for longtime listeners, we've talked about, um, uh, what was it? Uh, throat, throat damage and how it can end careers. Cause like sometimes oh, yeah. you go into, because a lot of times it's Call of Duty or Medal of Honor. Like you go into these sessions, and mm. the, those those games require so much death sounds. And I've I've had people come come on the show and say, you know, they came out of those sessions not being able to talk because they were just they took 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 so much out of them out of those. Uh, you know, yeah. 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 It's it's, it's <laughs> ruling. It can be for 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 some roles, and it's like. It's 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 um it's the Call of Duty stuff, but also you know certain characters like uh, I know Cliff. Uh, I remember vividly this one video that uh, Clifford Chapin uh, posted on Twitter after like one session doing Bakugo in uh, My Hero, where he was just like, "Hey guys, this is what my voice sounds like after like a screaming session," and that was one of those like big like holy crap moments where I uh, I was like, "Dang, that's this, this business sometimes it doesn't screw around," so like. Yeah, it's 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 tough, but um, you know, he's still doing it. So <laughs> he's probably got his own methods of making sure, you know, his his uh his throat's okay after after those kinds of sessions. That's a tough character to do cuz he's constantly angry. He only has like one emotion and that's anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of yelling and it's like it 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 probably must be a lot of fun to to do like you know if if vocal health wasn't a factor it would be like a, a, such a fun character to do all the time especially because like, um i've played the video game and those sessions must have been nightmarish because oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no the games are games are, are no joke but like uh like again like they they um the game studios that I've worked with, like if there is yelling, like they'll, they'll definitely break and um, they'll, they'll give you some time to recover after those super, excuse me, intense, uh, intense uh, moments. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to ask, uh, 
if if there's when you audition for a role, do they send you any specs or pictures of what the character looks like, or is it just a vague description? Uh, it depends. It depends on where the auditions come from. Um, uh, some places do have specs. Some places do have pictures. Some places have absolutely nothing at all. Um, but you know, generally, they'll they'll there'll be something to guide you every time. Like it'll it'll be. It'll be, you know, maybe like, oh, he's got a gruff voice or like, oh, age is around 20s or so. Like, so you always have like something to go off. Um, for me, I, uh, I, can, I can kind of make do with, with as little or as much information as they do send me. Like, I, I'm, I, I, if they give me very little information, that just get, I just, you know, do whatever I want, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it really it really does depend. Uh, but I do I do like it when they send stuff with like nice descriptions and pictures and everything because like that helps to place. Uh, sometimes it helps to place where the voice should be. And was there ever a moment where you ad libbed something and they kept it in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, ah. No, I don't think there's anything that I, there's a lot of things that I've ad libbed, but it's usually like stuff that I do to screw around and and um, and not like things that I'm like you should keep that in. So uh, luckily, I didn't. I oh wait, no, no, no. There is a, a thing I did an ad for um for um for a, a dog shelter. It was like an adoption ad for one of the dogs there, and his name was Bronx. Uh, the dog's name was Bronx. Uh, so. For funsies, uh, I, I I was personally acquainted with the engineer that was recording me, and I was like, "Hey, what if I just do a take that's this whole thing with the Bronx, with like an accent from the Bronx?" Uh, and he was like, "Yeah, go for it. It'll, it'll be funny." Um, so I just did the whole thing, and I ended up sounding like Joey Wheeler from Yu Gi Oh. Um, and uh, I was like, ha, "That was funny, but don't actually use that take." And he's like, "Ha, yeah." Uh, and then uh, a couple of weeks later, they uploaded the video and they use that take. So <laughs> it's it was uh, it, <laughs> that was probably that was probably the one time it, it happened. And yeah, I was I was like, oh, my God, this just sounds so silly now. But the dog did end up getting adopted. So it, I guess it all worked out in the end. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you you said like uh, make it sound like from the Bronx and you go to this most stereotypical Bronx accent you can think of. <laughs> it was it was a caricature at that point, so I just I it was it was dumb, but they used it. At least it ended up being pretty funny. So so I'm I'm glad and no 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 dogs were harmed in the making of it, so it all worked out. <laughs> and was. And uh, are there any specific roles or any specific franchises that you want to get or be a part of? Ah, oh, this is such a like like a wistful question for me because like I'm I usually like I try to keep my feet on the ground and my focus like on super realistic things all the time. But if I do allow myself to dream for a moment. Uh, Final Fantasy is definitely a series that I would love to be a part of someday, just in any capacity. Um, it's it's one of my favorite uh, series, like ever, out of anything. Uh, I've always, always loved all of those games, and 
yeah, it's just a world that I just want to be a part of in, in some, in some capacity would be, that would be a dream come true. But, um, I feel like I've already kind of fulfilled a lot of my dream roles this year. I can't really talk about them, uh, but Neku playing Neku in, in the anime for, for, uh, world ends with you. Uh, that was definitely like a dream role because uh, the original game was like a huge deal for me. And like, uh, I, I've always wanted to be a part of the series somehow. So when I booked Neku, the, I just, you know, teared up. I was super emotional and it's been, it's been a joy to work on. So yeah, I guess I, I kind of did already <laughs> fulfill one of my dream roles. <laughs> uh, and uh, when you got the role, when you landed the role of Neku, did you go back and listen to the old actor or did you go in with a fresh take? Oh, I, I I absolutely did go back and and um, listen to uh, Jesse David Cordy's performance. Um, yeah, I I growing up that was one of like the first. I think it was like the first Nintendo DS game with like voice acting. Um, so, you know, as a young as a as like a young teen, I that left an impression on me. Like all the lines in those games, even though there wasn't that much talking, it was super memorable for me and super like iconic of the game. So. Um, as I was recording it, uh, recording for the anime, like I always kept like the spirit of those lines in the back of my head. Um, and, uh, uh Jessica Sluiz, the, the writer for, for, uh, for the series, uh, she's a huge fan of the games. So she's always been peppering in lines taken directly from the game. Um, and whenever that happens and they happen to be a line that was voiced in the game, I always try to match like the exact same like cadence and like rhythm and like uh, emotion that it was from the game because uh you know i just want to i want to i want to do that not just for the fans but also for myself as someone who's who's you know loves these games and and uh is is so is so attuned to 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 what neko used to sound like I'm pretty sure you've gotten so many people come up to you and and go, "That's not what Neku sounded like." <laughs> <laughs> I I I will admit I have seen a couple of people be like, "Oh, he sounds too too old," or oh, "He sounds too deep." Um, but you know, like I I think I'm I don't know if this is 100 percent correct, but I think uh, uh, Jesse uh, Jesse was uh, younger than I was when uh, he recorded for Neku back in the day. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to ma- uh, voice, like, kind of match the energy of someone that was way younger than me back when they did this thing. Uh, but, you know, I've gotten a lot of people that have loved this uh, this this new take and they're enjoying the dub and they're they're seeing all the the love and care that we're putting into it. And uh, I think uh, I think, uh, you know, both sides are valid and uh, they're they're they, they have the right to say what they they want to. And like, yeah, it's. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. <laughs> um, with simul dubs being a thing now, do you think that's made the quality of the dubs better or worse? Um, interesting question. I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like dub quality hasn't really compromised all that much uh, due to simul dubs um the the biggest problem with simul dubs is that sometimes uh, deadlines can be super super strict and it always feels like maybe you know if a show had an infinite amount of time obviously it would be you know infinitely better than it could, that it could be uh, compared to when it um when it's like uh under a tight deadline 
Um, but you know, given how things have like one of my favorite modern dubs is uh, you know, My Hero Academia, and that was done as a simul dub. Like I think everybody in that show is great. I think all the performances were solid. Um so like it, it really it, it varies from show to show, but I think overall I, I things are still going strong even even as the uh, the simul dub uh uh, the cyber dub machine has reared its 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 head. I mean, I ask because this is kind of a thing that we have to get used to now. Because um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but anime is in pretty high demand these days. Oh yeah, it's but it's it's fantastic. Like I'm I'm so happy to see like more and more people embracing it, and like anime becoming more and more mainstream. Like that's. That's like I saw like uh, Cole Sprouse or something like that old Disney actor. Like uh, he he was like cosplaying uh, Aaron Yeager for Halloween, and I'm like, you know, like the more normal people do anime stuff, the the, the cooler it is. Um, but yeah, like it's it's it, it definitely is like uh, it's important for simul dubs to 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 happen just so we can have that like we can you know walk at around the same pace as Japan. Uh, when they put out their shows, um, so yeah, it's 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 a good thing. <laughs> and uh, with everyone with um, with uh, home recordings being more of the norm now, do you think that's made things easier or harder? Um, well, it depends on who you ask this question. For me, I feel like it's easier because I get to. I get to jump into my booth right out of bed in my pajamas and uh, nobody needs to tell me to, to put on a shirt if I, if I'm not wearing one. <laughs> um, but for like the engineers, uh, for the mixers, for the directors, it is a lot tougher for them because like they need to, you know, engineer all these different sounding uh, booths that people are using. Maybe if people are using different mics, they'll sound different. Um, maybe their tones or the room noises are going to be different. So like it's, I feel like it's easier for actors, but it's way tougher for everybody else. And like, I feel like that balance kind of does push the whole thing into being tougher overall. Um, but on the flip side, like uh, thanks to remote uh, recording, like I feel like so many more actors are getting opportunities that they never would have gotten before, you know, uh, like, like we're seeing actors from all over America, like showing up in in Funimation dubs from not just from LA but from New York and and from from you know Florida or from uh, Massachusetts uh, there are actors that are in and stuff and funny uh so it's like it's it's tougher but it also has brought about like this this big push of new talent and you know it's it's a double edged sword basically <laughs> now i think it's still surreal to me when i read the news that um Dave Soboloff was going to be in One Piece. I'm like, that is... Oh, yeah. That is weird to me. It's super wild. Like, it's 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 just... I, I, I don't want to, like, make any assumptions on what brought it about. I'm just like, man, it's, it's cool. It's very interesting, very exciting, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of his performance. <laughs> no, I've had him on the show. He is amazing. He is... Oh, he he's, he's super he cool. He gets it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been meaning to take a class with him, but I just it I I don't have the time for it. So I I do. This has all been a great reminder to to jump on that. 
I mean, t you, you, I, I would imagine like uh, you would have already taken it because he just he know he knows his shit. He knows his shit. Like he, yeah, yeah. He I've... is one of those like one of the smartest people you'll ever talk to when it comes to the business. He knows everything, and I highly recommend everyone take his class. I mean, if you're if you're serious about this business and you want to get into it, take his class. It is, mm -hmm. it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I I have not I have yet to meet somebody that has taken his class and not been like this was amazing, like super informative, super great. He's awesome. Uh, like I'm I'm friends with a lot of his his uh his pupils. <laughs> no, I mean because he gets character, he breaks it down. He's like you know, okay, if you're playing a villain character, these are the things you need to understand when playing a villain, and he will. <laughs> He will break it down to you until you get it, and you will get it at the end of the session. God, that's great. Yeah, definitely need to do that myself and not just keep hearing people talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, can you tell I'm a huge fan of Dave Sobolov? Yeah, no, you do. <laughs> I would have never have guessed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, it is you know like you said it is a it's a both a it's both a good and bad thing in that it's good because we're getting more and more people in that that would would have never shown up in funny dubs um years ago but it's mm -hmm. also bad because it's making things a little bit harder for people who want to get into the business oh yeah definitely and i feel like it is bringing new people into you know mainstream dubs like in funny and in uh, uh i i guess in stuff in la but like for the people that are, um, oh excuse me, um, that are like at the very very bottom of the, um, oh my god, of the um, of the like the totem pole, like those that are just starting out and are trying to break into the industry, uh, it can be pretty tough on them because you know it's it's hard to really network during like a pandemic <laughs> and like to to really meet with with directors face to face and be able to like showcase your your skills. Um, like, you know, in the before time in the long, long ago when classes were still in person, uh, like that would be a, a way that a lot of people would get in into the minds of directors. And that's how a lot of new talent would get uh, scouted. Um, but now, like, there's not that those kinds of opportunities. And if there are, they're a lot tougher to find or get into. Um, so, like, the, like, it's it's for people that have gotten like that first foot in the door, I feel like it's this is their time to shine. Um, but for those that are still like, you know, fully outside of the door, it's, it's, it's going to take some creative knocking to, to get it to open just a little bit <laughs> to, to continue this weird analogy. Yeah, no, uh, one of the things I've learned from doing this show for, you know, two and a half years now is that networking is the, is so important mm -hmm. and without it, you, your career will go nowhere. Exactly, exactly. Because you're you're working with just usually it's like the same giant group of people just in different projects and maybe different uh, in different like roles or either as you know you might be acting alongside somebody and the next day they might be directing you. So it's like it's it's um, the social game is very important in voice acting, definitely not just in networking, but just how you handle yourself in front of other people. And like, all I can really say on that front is like, just be a good person, <laughs> just be, just be kind, be genuine. Uh, you know, don't, don't screw around with people. Don't, don't be an asshole and, and just, uh, just keep humble. Don't fumble. 
Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of weird to me listening to, you know, seeing a lot of up and coming people and realizing that a lot of them, that some of them have just graduated high school and they're already doing anime. I'm just like, that is, that's weird to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's wild to me too, man. I mean, like I I'm 28 and I I like this is when I got my first lead, but I'm hearing about people that are like in their early 20s and they're getting their first leads before anything else. And I'm just like, I don't even feel any envy. I'm I'm just like, dang, like like they they like we're all on this journey and like some people are starting it earlier, some people are starting it later. But all that matters is that we're we're doing stuff and we're having fun, and that's the most important part. But also, like, gosh dang, some people are just so talented, and it, I'm amazed by them. Um, do you ever, when you're watching a show, do you ever take notes about uh, someone's performance? Uh, I don't like, I don't take notes per se, like with a pen and paper. But I do, I do, if like a particular read or like a particular like performance or something like that does stand out to me, like. I do kind of like put more thought into it. Like maybe I will pause the video and like think about it for a second and like, you know, think about why it, it resonated with me. Um, but you know, I, I usually I'll, I'll be watching something and I'll be like, huh, that's a, that's a cool way to scream. Maybe I should steal that. But like, I won't really like make a formal note of it. I'll just like keep it in the, in my head. And um, usually when the time comes, I do end up recalling it pretty accurately. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and what are some of your inspirations for for some of your for for anything really? Um, <laughs> I already pointed out how Shadow the Hedgehog influenced a lot of uh, Yui back in Kimono Jihen, so I guess Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, but, um, in terms of like actors, um. I'm I'm a very like what's a good way of saying it like I'm somebody who's who's very like I want to get to places uh by my own strength with my own two hands I don't want to rely on other people and I don't want to like I want to try and figure things out myself if I can um but there are there are a lot of performances that did like um did influence a lot of the ways that I approach reads like David Hayter Assault Snake is definitely one of them uh, like anytime I have to do a lower gruff voice, like I'm just doing a weird variant of snake. Um, and I feel like for my upper register, I channel a lot of James Arnold Taylor as Tidus from final fantasy 10. That was a, like a really, uh, that, le that role left a, a big impression on me when I was growing up. Um, so yeah, definitely those two, I would say were, were influences for me. It's kind of interesting you mentioned those two roles because they're both polar opposites. One one is really low and one is really high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the spectrum. Like I I I think that I have a pretty decent range. I say as my voice cracks. Um and, you know, having like I I I know what I sound like in my regular voice, but like I don't really know how I should sound like in my upper register and my lower register. So like those two are kind of voices that like I've I've worked towards kind of if that makes any sense like they they influenced how I believe I should sound in my upper and lower registers uh, and I also just think they sound cool <laughs> I'm a simple guy I, I see Snake I think he's cool 
and I want to sound like him when I grow up. <laughs> oh man, I got a funny David Hater, Hater story that I uh, cannot believe I'm only mentioning this now, but um, oh really? <laughs> uh, but but I I remember going to a local con back in like 2018. You know, in the before times when we could mm-hmm. you know go to cons and not have to wear masks and we could like you know <laughs> it was normal yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but i remember going to, to going to that con and nolan north was also there and i was sitting in line you know i was in front of the line waiting for nolan north to to you know to get done and and uh you know to, to go uh to, my turn okay so and what what happened was, you know, because the the tables were so close to each other, someone and I and I and an, I swear to God, this is this is true. Uh, someone had asked David Hader to do his dying scream, <laughs> and he did. And hearing that, <laughs> you know, well, really close, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it's just. His voice is loud. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's powerful. And like I've I've seen so many interviews of people asking him like, does it hurt it when you do the snake voice? And he's always like, no, no, it doesn't. And like having to do like a voice that's sitting in that lower gruff register for a character that I can't talk about yet. Um, like I definitely know what he means. Like it it that it, it doesn't hurt, but it does get like tiring after a bit. Like you you can't really sustain it for too long. Um. But yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's he's super cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. But that that just like caught me off guard because I don't like. Why would you ask him to like of all the things to, to ask him to do? Why would you have him do the dying scream? <laughs> it's it's an iconic scream, so I can I can see that. But like having it happen right next to you must be yeah terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> And his voice was loud. I mean, because because the soundproofing was absolute shit. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine. <laughs> Weirdest, like it was an awkward moment. And 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 it, and uh, because we had to keep the line moving, like there was no moment of like awkward sounds. Like keep the line moving. <laughs> just don't <laughs> mind that. <laughs> don't mind that. That's just David Hater screaming. Don't don't. Mind that. <laughs> keep the line moving <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah um but but um have you you know when you talk about like finding you know uh the right tonal placement for your voice do you think that uh you're at you're at a point in your career where it's uh where it, where you wanted it to be or do you think it can you know that there's still more that you can do with it oh like <laughs> I'm I I constantly tell people that perfection is impossible and that we shouldn't really try to be perfect but I'm still a perfectionist. I always strive to be the, as best as I can. So uh I'm really happy where where I sit right now but I'm always like always trying to to push it further. Like even even like like by 1% at a time. Like if I can improve at least 1% even like 1% a year that's that's still good like i i always want to get better i always want to improve and i don't think I'll, I'll i'll ever stop doing that until until i'm dead or something and even then i don't think the grave will stop me <laughs> uh. oh you never know with technology these days that you know they can bring back people from the dead to to certain roles and then oh, you wonder with, with, 
Okay, well, with like the whole AI voice thing, that's ooh, that gives me the, the something about that is just so wrong in my opinion, especially if it's for you know someone, uh, someone who's passed. It's like it's it just it feels like dig- digging up a grave, you know. It's it, ugh. not a fan, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and it's and it's a weird conversation to bring up, but um. Because I remember when Toy Story Four came out, and and I brought this up when when it came came out, and I, and I meant, mentioned this to the guests at the time. Is like, do you think it's weird that they used like old clips from from the previous movies and spliced them up to to um, for Mister Potato Head because his actor passed away before he could finish recording? Do you think that's weird, and do you think that's going to become the norm? And it's it was just it, because it's tough to say. Because uh, it kind of honestly felt disgusting, and I was yeah. not okay with it. And I, you know, if a kid, if someone passes away, you know, the only thing you can do is just to get someone to do a voice match. Because yeah, at the end of ex- the day, exactly. Because at the end of the day, even if it's not one hundred percent like the original actor, it's a human being doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I I fully agree. Um, I mean, you're you're talking to somebody that does has is playing like uh, the same character uh, who shares the character was with another actor actor with uh, with Neku. Um, like, it's sometimes you know I don't think any actor owns their characters is 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 how I see it. I think that we you know we we get to play a character and we get to enjoy it and we get to make it our own, but there's always a chance that we'll have to like pass the torch to somebody new to, to, to carry on the, uh, the fight. Um, and you know, for, for, you know, in the case of toy story, they definitely should have gotten somebody to, to voice match or even if not to voice match, then like to put their own spin on Mr. Potato head or, or something like that. Like just digging up old files and like making this Frankenstein's monster of somebody's voice. It, it is, really messed up and hopefully hopefully something is done to like stop people from doing that (laughs) i'm also not a fan of like if an actor comes back for a role and they're a lot older i'm not a fan of screwing up with their voice and making them sound younger i i don't like that yeah that's just yeah don't don't really understand like that part either like i i get that you know you have to make it like sometimes you just have to force the shoe to fit but like at that point like why not just get a new actor like like i know i know no two voices in the world are built the same but there are a lot of people that can sound like other people if they if uh if demand calls for it so yeah it's it's kind of the same thing that people should just give new 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 folks a chance to uh, to take over uh instead of instead of forcing stuff Oh no! You should have. You should totally just have the Simpsons guys, the Simpsons cast, do the do the voices for all for all eternity, even though they don't sound like themselves anymore, and they oh, yeah. they I, just sound tired, and it's just so sad watching that show now. I've I've seen clips of just Marge's voice compared to uh, to compared to you know how she used to sound in the earlier seasons, and it's it's night and day, like. Like at that point, it, you're like it feels like the directors aren't really like they don't care so much about the quality of the voice anymore, just as long as it's the same person always doing it. And like that is that's just like sometimes you just gotta pass the torch, man. You just you gotta 
you have to you have to let go and uh it's it's a it's a tough ask either way and and you know the actors even if if whether or not they still do enjoy like doing those those voices they still make a lot of money off it so it, it would also be hard for them to 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 leave it be um if if you know if they had the choice um but you know it's it is it is what it is basically <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my problem with long-running anything these days is, is that you will get older, your voice will change, and it will become noticeable. So mm. what do you do when your voice becomes you know, unnoticeable? I honestly think that you should recast. And yeah. Yeah. I know that sounds harsh, but either end the show, you know, either end the show or just recast. Like there are no other options other than those two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've seen it happen with shows like yeah, Adventure Time is probably the biggest example of that, where Finn's actor, uh, original actor, just you know, he grew up, he got older, and his voice changed, so they had to replace him with a uh, with a uh, with a new actor. Um, it's 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 the same deal, but like you know, there's a ton of variables at play, like contracts and. Uh, uh, you know what the actor wants compared to what producers might want compared to what the director might want. So it's, it's a whole mess of things. And uh, yeah, it's, as I said, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just sad. <laughs> like it really mm-hmm. like, you know, watching, you know, family guy now, it's just like, Oh man, you can hear the years of uh, the years uh, on uh, the years have taken their toll on Seth MacFarlane's voice. They're on that show. Like, holy crap! Night and day. But uh, hey, I believe that in um, like if if a, if a door closes, another one opens. So like maybe uh, somebody's too old to to play this character, but now they're old enough to play these characters instead. So like that's how I see it. Um, you know, there's there's never somebody who who will age themselves out of a career, um, as long as you keep adapting and like improving yourself and and uh, running with what you got. I think you can you can you can stay in the in the game for for your entire life. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Uh, Tom Kenny is almost sixty, and he's still mm. working. Exactly, and um, yeah, that's that's one of the best examples of that. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, my point being is that the industry is constantly changing and how do you adapt to change? Like personally, like how do you adapt to the constant changing landscape? <laughs> this is, uh, this is a pretty, pretty, uh, interesting question. Um, I'm, I'm someone who I don't like to plan stuff a lot. I'm kind of, um, I, I like to stay like I like to think on my feet. I like to be improvisational with um with how I approach things and how I live life. Um and as a result, you know, that mindset I think has made me super flexible in terms of uh, how to approach stuff. Um so you know when when um when the shift to re- uh, remote recording happened uh, I already had um, like a pretty decent home booth because I I would you know work for stuff on the internet and that just motivated me to you know put some put a little bit of effort into my home booth. Um, but once you know Funimation stuff started to happen, um, I live with other uh, voice actors and I you know I've been using uh, 
one of them has like a full booth that he built uh, by himself. Um, that's like uh, super, super like, you know, well, well treated with a solid mic. And I was kind of using that to do a lot of stuff. Um, but then I realized like, no, like I, I got to be able to to do things myself. So I uh, super quickly like invested a ton into my own booth, into my closet booth and just made it sound as good as can be. And like uh, now it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm recording for stuff that's, that's, you know, getting put on, you know, I record all of the world ends with you in that booth and it's sounding great. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just about being flexible. It's about being able to, to, uh, to, to look after yourself too, to make sure that you're, you're, you're doing all you can to make sure that you're, you're well-equipped and well-trained for anything that comes your way, I think is the best way to, to handle the, uh, the changing times. I mean, you have to really, because no one saw the pandemic coming, and it kind of changed changed the way we do things. And this is kind of mm-hmm. the the new normal now. So, adapt exactly. or die. Yep, sink or swim. And there, and like, it, it's it's sad because I know a lot of people that did sink. They 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 didn't swim. They sunk. And like now, like they just tweet about like their lamentations about how they're not, you know, where they want to be. And it's, 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 it's a little, it's cruel. Sometimes the industry it can be cruel like that, but you know, it's, it's part of the game. It's, 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 it's part of the, uh, part of the, part of the job. Oh no, that, that makes me sad as well. Seeing like people who like, I understand it's Twitter and Twitter is, terrible in general but like if if you're someone who wants to be in the business understand that casting directors and and just people in general who who are in positions of power are going to be looking at your twitter feed sometimes and if they see you being problematic they're not going to hire you simple as that it's it goes back to when i mentioned you know being honest being being uh being just a good person and just being generally agreeable like those are all things that will uh help you and as a voice actor like the and it'll help you as a person too because like you know it's it's good to be around good people (laughs) so if you're good like it's it's good um but like i i i know of instances of uh actors that have been uh, passed up on work specifically because of how they act on twitter and like the stuff that they say like like, oh, why aren't you using uh, this person? It's like, oh, they, it's just, I, I looked into their Twitter and like, they just seem like they're going through a lot of stuff all the time. So it's like, I'd, I'd rather just leave them be. So like, it's a, it's a cautionary tale to, to, you know, it's, it's important to, to build a network of friends and, and people that you can trust to go to if you do. Cause like, sometimes you, we just got a vent. Like it's, it's it sometimes things are just unfair and you, you, you just have to vent it out but um you should always do it with uh people you know and trust and and you know uh confidants that you can you can go to and uh the internet as 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 um as much as it as much as it may seem it is not your confidant <laughs> it's it's full of randos and people that that are are paying attention to how you're talking yeah and and you know so i i mean what i do is when i'm when i want to vent about something or what have you if i'm going through something you know terrible uh, you know or whatever 
I'll just like tweet about random stuff or just like take out my frust- frustrations on like a piece of media or something cuz it's just like anything that's not about my personal life I'm like fine cuz I don't like talking about my personal life because you know I I believe that um everyone is entitled to their own privacy but mm-hmm. I will talk to but I will talk about my personal life you know with with close friends and confidants because mm-hmm. You know, you kind of need to vent sometimes. Lord knows exactly. I needed to vent a lot during the past year and a half. Yeah, tell me about it, man. <laughs> it's been it's been it's been quite the year <laughs> and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Almost two years now, Billy. Oh yeah, we're on we're on all we're on year two of our two week quarantine. <laughs> God. It's like every day you think that it's it's uh, everything's gone back to normal, and then you wake up and it's like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, we're still like in the 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 quintuple digits of people getting infected every every day. So it's like, but you know, I it, it's trending down. You know, things are things are going down, and like uh, eventually, eventually, we're we're very slowly getting there. But eventually, I think everything will go back to back to normal. And, uh, you know, hopefully then, uh, I'll have enough under my belt to maybe start making some con appearances uh, if, if, if people want me at cons. <laughs> I mean, you have to, cause, uh, cons are big money. And, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, that's, that's not the main reason I want to be able to hang out with, 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 you know, other actors and, you know, meet fans and get to sign stuff. And, uh yeah it's 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 always fun and also you know it's free travel so you know i'm not against that (laughs) (laughs) um before we uh wrap things up because i gotta get going um where can Mm -hmm. people find you online so the best place to follow my adventures and misadventures uh is on twitter uh at ben b voicing b-e-n-b-e-b-o-i-c-i-n-g um, I also occasionally stream on Twitch. It's the same handle, Ben B Voicing. Um, but I'm kind of terrible. I don't have a schedule. I just stream whenever I feel like it. And like the last time I've streamed is like two months ago. Uh, so I kind of suck on that. Um, but I'm definitely going to be streaming Shin Megami Tensei Five when that comes out because I'm a huge fan of that series. Uh, but yeah, definitely Twitter <laughs> more 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 than anything. Go go follow me on Twitter. <laughs> So yeah, go follow him on Twitter and yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, uh, watch watch the world ends with you the animation and Akudama Drive and Kimono Jihen. <laughs> there you go. That's all the plugs I need to do. All right, thanks so much for taking the time up to do this. This has been a lot of fun. If you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Thank you, thank you. It's been it's been a blast. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Bye. Bye bye.